conversation about real lives as real moms. No matter what happens, it's probably fine. Hi, and welcome back. I'm Joy. And I'm Kayla. And this is episode seven of It's Probably Fine. Today, we're going to talk about how it's probably fine to let the kids mix the Play-Doh. And what we mean by that is that there are a lot of expectations and that we have a lot of images, I think, going into motherhood of what it's going to be like. And a lot of times it just doesn't go as we thought it would. So um, we've decided to talk a little bit about letting go of those expectations and how motherhood can be wonderful, even if it's not quite what you thought it would be. Maybe we should start by saying that both Kayla and I are a little bit type A as people. We like things to be done a certain way and um, that way is the right way. And (laughs) our own way. (laughs) Sometimes the right way, we mean our way, our own personal way. The right is in quotation marks there. They just can't see it. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes kids don't understand that our way is the right way. (laughs) Or do our husbands, but that's okay. We forgive them. Sometimes the kids don't understand or like most of the time, because <laughs> I don't know if it's they don't understand or they just don't care. They that might they be it. Know what we're talking about. They also, at least Emma and E, tend to be a little type A, want it their way as well. That so is true. That could be where we run into the issues. Um, but we have- even even L wants it his way. He just it's different than what everybody else wants. (laughs) Yeah. So we, we've talked a lot about um, how we want our kids to follow the rules. Yes. And obey because they are the children, but we also want them to be those independent thinkers who make those choices and, and go their own way in life. And so it's always kind of a struggle. I feel like to find the balance of, How much do we let them have their way and and make those mistakes and find their way? And how much do we say, no, you're the child. I'm the adult. I'm here to protect you. I'm here to help you learn. I'm here to keep you safe. Um, And how do we, where do you draw that line? And how do you make that decision on, on what are the times that we can let things go? And what are the times that we hold firm? Well, and part of that too is I think that that um, that target that is always changing, and so you know, obviously, by the time they're eighteen, they're going to be a lot more independent, and we want you know we want to train them up to be strong characters. Um, but <laughs> so you know, the amount of control and expectation you have of them doing things your way when they're three versus them doing things your way when they're seven, even that jump is, is pretty different. And that's kind of what's been hard is not just letting go of expectations, at least for me, not just letting go of expectations of like what I thought I was going to be like as a mom and what I thought my kids were going to be like, but also changing those, uh, I don't know, like not that just the expectations, but changing that relationship and that uh, kind of seesaw battle between what I want and what she wants specifically he, <laughs> um, as she gets older because I do want her to be able to have an opinion and make choices um, so 
yeah, it's just tough. Let's touch on that. The mother I thought I would be the comment you just made there because I was going to be this perfect, amazing mother with the well-behaved child (laughs) 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 because I was a good kid, right? Like I thought I wasn't too hard on my parents. So I will be blessed with (laughs) this, this polite, you know, child that does well in school. And, um, you know, maybe we'll get there. I do remember my, my grandmother telling me once that, you know, that I wasn't an easy kid. And I was like, but I was so cute and sweet. And she said, you were, but you weren't easy. <laughs> and I didn't understand at the time. I was probably 20 um, when she told me that. And I didn't understand. And now I have one of those <laughs> who's cute and sweet and wonderful, but not easy. Easy would never be a word I would use to describe him. So I understand now what that means. But, you know, I turned out okay. So I have high hopes. (laughs) I'll figure it out. Hopefully sooner rather than later. (laughs) So when was the first time that you felt like he just kind of asserted his independence in a way that you didn't think was cute anymore? Like right now, like, Oh, is or yeah, he's grabbing like the water cup and he wants to feed himself. And you're like, oh, that's cute. That's, you know, a good learning thing. But I'm sure at some point you're like, oh, that's not cute anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember it like a specific time. I just remember everything in his whole life has been his way, his time. Like we kind of talked about like even when I was pregnant and through delivery and everything, like nothing went according to plan, which happens for a lot of people, but just his personality from the get go was I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to get really mad if you tell me I can't, you know, Uh, I remember him being a little bitty guy and like trying to stack the blocks a certain way or fit the blocks together a certain way. And it just wouldn't work the way he wanted it to. And like, he would just throw them all and scream and like get furious. Um, so he's just, you know, he wanted, wants to dress himself and always has, he wants to, I mean, his clothes are a hot mess. And like, at what point do you just let it go? Like, I know you and E go, have gone round and round and like, she dresses herself now because I mean, yeah, one day recently, a, not a point in fighting that battle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one day recently it was December, it's winter time. And he comes out in like a swim shirt, like a Spider-Man swim shirt. That's probably too small really. Cause it's from last summer. And I think shorts and cowboy boots and like some ridiculous combination of clothes. And I said, well, you can't wear the shorts go put on pants. It's December. But at this point, I'm so tired of arguing over it. (laughs) As long as you have clothes on and it's somewhat weather appropriate, fine. That's the benefit of uh, the uh, online school thing is that they, you don't have to fight with them about clothes. They can just wear whatever they want. The expectations have been lowered. As long as there's clothing on, even then, eh. <laughs> turn your camera <laughs> off, I guess. I find I find myself, yeah, I guess I'm thinking of L. Like he they're on winter break right now, even for preschool. And 
yeah, some days he's like, I just don't want to get dressed. I'm going to stay in my jammies. And I'm like, uh, all right, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, Em ran around the house today for, oh, I'd say a good four hours and nothing but Paw Patrol underwear. Perfect. You know? It's fine. We're not going anywhere. We've 2020 really lowered expectations all around for everything, I feel like. Yeah, I. it's funny that you know, when you're at home, like you don't really care. And even going out in public, there's a lot of times where I don't care or where I guess the struggle with me letting E dress herself for school was like, I have <clears throat> these ideas of these cute outfits, especially because she's a girl and I want her hair bow to match like whatever. And, um, and I don't think that it is like I don't think it's an internal thing where I think that it's reflecting on me but maybe it kind of is maybe you know I want I definitely want her teachers to know that like we care about them and we you know she's not just doing her own thing at home all the time but I she's think been bathed know that anyway yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> her hair is clean and brushed um <clears throat> so I don't know why it matters to me maybe it shouldn't maybe I should just let her do her own thing all the time and I think except that on goes, picture day <laughs> right <laughs> I think that goes back to just letting go of that expectation like you see the cute outfits and you think oh she would look so cute in that and like you want her to go to school looking like there's a parent caring for her and <laughs> someone is not neglecting her um but you know also M has been attending the school where I work this year and so that's an added layer of like, not only do his teachers maybe judge our parenting by, based on his appearance, but also they're my colleagues. And so there's that added layer of like, not only am I maybe being judged as a parent, but also as a professional. And so that extra like, ooh. But again, 2020 yeah. has lowered our expectations. So there's been lots of days where he <laughs> shows up in cowboy boots and who knows what else um it's not the cowboy boots so much as like what he mixes and matches them with <laughs> but I usually have to draw the line when he wants to like wear the cowboy hat with it to school or um there was also a day where he came out completely in his baseball uniform from head to toe we had to say no to the cleats on that one <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they're wearing. You know, they're cared for, they're loved, they're going to school when they're able. Um, They're showing up for virtual school when they're not in person. And, um, you know, my husband said something recently about this crazy last year that we've had is that M has had no control over anything really this year. Um, and trying to keep him safe it's been a lot of no we can't do that no we can't go there no uh, just a lot of no Um, and as hard as this year or this last year was for us we got to talking about how one day he just left preschool and never went back never saw those friends again because he went on to kindergarten never saw those teachers again besides when they stopped by our house once for like an end of the year drop-off thing um So if letting him choose a mismatched outfit and letting him choose his haircut right now 
gives him any sort of sense of control over a really out of control time. Okay. Like we can, yeah. in the big scheme of things, those, those are little things that really don't impact much besides his appearance. So we can give him that. I'm also finding that the more I let them make choices um, or have some control over things, like for example, you know, it's dinner time and we have five options for fruits and vegetables. I'm not going to tell you which ones you have to eat, but I am going to tell you pick two, you know, so then they get a choice. And so I'm still serving the fruits and vegetables and they are still getting a choice and they still have control over something. And things do go a lot smoother that way. And then they also, they're not like, it's not like I'm only letting them choose the things that I want them to choose or making choices all day long, which is a thing that they're going to have to do anyway. Um, and then even when it comes to things like when they say bye to people, I don't make them hug people. I And maybe that's a whole nother conversation, but even the choice of like, do you want to give hugs or high fives you know you still need to say bye you need to be polite but you have a choice of what that looks like to you and if you're not comfortable then you have some control here and so I think that giving them that autonomy for those little decisions like what you're going to have as your side dish for your dinner and what you're going to wear to school also gives them a sense of security and um, in their choices when they're making choices, like, do I feel comfortable hugging this person or, or maybe not even comfortable. Like sometimes like maybe they're like me and they just don't like, love to give hugs and that's fine. Um, I know that's something we worked on with, with M and E is like, M is a very touchy feely, physical kid, loves hugs and E not so much. And, um, you know, as much as M loves her, she doesn't always want the goodbye <laughs> hugs. And so we've had to kind of even coach them through those moments of like, you know, he's like, mm, but I want to give her a hug. <laughs> like, I in, her, in her defense, sometimes his hugs turn into a wrestle. Yeah. So. They're, they're big hugs. They're no, bear hugs. A lot of love in a little body. Yeah. <laughs> Elle's the same way. And, you know, when he and Em are on good terms when we leave, because, you know, sometimes they aren't, <laughs> but when they yeah. are, you know, they get a, le- a nice big wrestle hug in there. And that's good for them because I don't want any part of that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of talk of like, yeah, you, like you're allowed to make your own choices, but your choices affect other people as well. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to give a hug and she doesn't, well, then we're not going to give hugs today. Maybe you could give a high five. Maybe you could ask for a high five instead. Um, So just having them understand like, yes, you have independence to a certain point, but there are boundaries with every choice you make. Yep. Well, it's the same with, I mean, even teaching them to have those conversations. Um, E started just ignoring people if she doesn't want to tell them no. And so we've had to, you know, start having those conversations of like, it's okay if the answer is no, you, you do have a choice here, but you can't just ignore the person. You have to turn to them and speak to them and say, no, I don't want to do that right now. Or, you know, you have to verbalize what your choice is because otherwise people are either just left hanging and they think you're ignoring them that's just kind of rude to be honest. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you're not learning conversation and coping skills. So one of those things that 
we're working on with her is those specific communication skills and being able to verbalize what her choice is and, and in a respectful way where she's not ignoring people or just getting frustrated and snapping at them. But that's again, where making those simple day-to-day choices and conversations, it's, those are life skills that you're learning and you, you know, I, I think she's not too old to learn that she, to be assertive and um, take care of herself a little bit. So she's, she's seven. We only have, we only have 11 more years until um, she's out of the house. So, and I fine. think that's a bit of a um, generational shift too. Like, I feel like a little bit when we were kids, it was, you know, you give hugs because that's polite, whether you want to or not that's the expectation you're the child and you that's just what you do um but I feel like since then you know maybe when we were kids we didn't want to give hugs and sometimes we were told that that was like you did things because it was polite and so um helping almost to like help the grandparents and others outside of our family our, our little you know immediate family understand that if our child doesn't want to give you a hug, it doesn't mean they don't love you. It doesn't mean they don't care about you. It doesn't, it just means they don't want to do that right now. And we're going to let them have that autonomy and make that decision for themselves because it's a bigger life lesson. Like as they get older, we want them to have that decision-making power over their own bodies, over their own choices. So if we do it now at seven and five and four, and let them make those small choices. Now, when it comes to the big choices later, they'll feel empowered enough to say, you know, no, I don't want to hug today or whatever the decision may be. You know, I think parenting is the ultimate long game and it's hard Mm -hmm. to, it's hard to feel like you're doing it right when you can't see the end for so long can't see your kids grow up and be successful and and achieve their goals and whatever the the ultimate like happy ending of parenting is it's so far away to feel like in the day-to-day you're not screwing it up especially when sometimes letting them make their own decisions or do things on their own takes so long (laughs) yeah And everything that kids do at this age is an approximation of the adult version, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to have them do their laundry, it's going to be the five-year-old or the seven-year-old version of doing their laundry. And, or if they're going to load the dishwasher, they're going to load it the five-year-old or the seven-year-old way. And like, we have to just like be okay with that, which can be really hard sometimes when I think that's, that's probably what, like we talked about this episode being about mixing the Play-Doh and that like actually mixing the Play-Doh used to be a thing that really, I don't, it didn't bother me, but like I would see her doing it and be like, oh no, now it's a mess that I have to clean up. And for some reason in my mind, like, I had to separate the Play-Doh colors when Play-Doh, I don't know if you know this, but it costs like a dollar <laughs> and it dries out eventually anyway. So it's really not that big of a deal. And oh, it still bothers me. I'm going to just say <laughs> watching it every time still bothers me, but I have to just be like, 
it's okay, buddy. You're having fun. You're, yeah. you're it's okay. It's your Play-Doh. It's not my Play-Doh. It's yours. You can do with yeah. it what you want. But yeah, it's still, <laughs> still <laughs> it good does, feelings it when I see it happen. I do see it. And I'm like, it's exactly like with the chores and stuff. Like, I'm like, that's not how you're supposed to do Play-Doh. But Play-Doh is exactly the kind of toy that was created so that you don't have a specific rule about how to use it. Yeah. And it's the same with like, um, like the example of loading the dishwasher. If she's going to load the dishwasher, I should just be proud that she learned how to load the dishwasher in any way, in any capacity. Or it's the same, like I've had to rewash dishes sometimes because she'll hand wash the dishes or he will hand wash the dishes, which usually ends up like being blowing bubbles instead of actually washing the dishes. But it's still worth it because they're learning those things and they get that, not just that life skill, but they get, they have a sense of responsibility. And I, I think that's one of the things that's so hard to balance. You know, there's the theme of balance again, (laughs) but so hard to balance as a parent is like, I'm running out of time in the day. (laughs) And it takes me a lot more time to let them help me with the laundry than to just do it myself. Um, But I, then I'm taking that opportunity, that learning opportunity away from them. And by the time they're like 12, 13, I want them doing their own laundry anyway. So maybe what I'm doing is investing in my own time down the road. (laughs) I'm sure you are. I'm sure. But modern day parenting isn't, I mean, it's so fast paced, modern day life in general it's so fast paced. It's hard to feel like you have the time to stop and let them do that. But if we don't, we're really doing a disservice to them and ourselves because we're not teaching them to do those things. So as hard as it is sometimes, like Em loves to help me cook. And I remember cooking with my grandma all the time. And so I want him to do that. I think that's an important life skill, but not to mention it's also time together. And, um, like my mom has FaceTimed me before and he's got a knife in the kitchen, like helping me <laughs> cut things. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, he's fine. Um, but it just like, if I've got a pan on the oven, hot, ready to go. And I'm like cutting something real quick to throw it in. And like evenings are crazy. By the time we get home, it's dinner and a little bit of playtime and cleanup and bath and bedtime. Cause he goes to bed so early. So it's just like every evening feels like this rush so I'm like, okay, buddy, come on. Like, can I, can I cut this half and you cut that half? And like, but I, I want him to feel that pride. I want him to, to have that independence, to feel like he contributed to the family meal. He did it on his own. I was there supervising. I was there helping. I was there answering questions when he had it, but you know, he did it. Well, the other piece of that is the learning from your mistakes kind of piece in making sure they have opportunities to make those small mistakes. Um, like even tonight, I, we're, we're packing still, we close on our house, selling our house on Monday. Um, when this episode drops, we haven't actually bought a new house yet. So, (laughs) um, so we're just living in my parents' basement and it's fine. Um, what every 30 something year old mom, right. (laughs) Wants to be doing is living in her parents' basement. Yeah. There's, five people and two dogs living just in the base. I, I say basement. I mean, there's a full kitchen and a bathroom. Like we're not like crammed in here by any means. I think it's like 1400 square feet. So it's a small yeah. house, <laughs> yeah. but it's still, 
been like just moving in general. I think it's stressful. But anyway, um, E was helping me tape a box and we ran out of packing tape. So she put the new tape on and I overheard my dad. She said, I got it on there wrong. And I can't get it back off because it's like, you know, this big packing tape thing. So it's hard to take on and off. And he said, that's okay. And he helped her put it back on the other way. And he said, you know what that's called? And she said, no. He said, that's called trial and error. That's how we learn things. You'll probably do it wrong again. It's okay. And then you'll learn. And one day you'll look at the tape and you'll know exactly what direction it goes on. And I was just like, oh, that's such a simple way of looking at it. Like in my mind, being the personality I am now, obviously mistake, like putting the tape on wrong isn't a big deal for me as an adult. But, you know, mistakes happen and I overthink them and make them into a big deal. And I, if she can go through life thinking, like, there are things that are big mistakes, don't get me wrong. But if, but I think I blow some things out of proportion. And if she could go through life thinking of mistakes just being that the size that they are, like they actually are, and it's just a learning opportunity, then I think we're doing all right, you know, raising her and the other two also, but they're just, Obviously, O doesn't have any choices yet. Um, and L, he's just kind of in his own little world. Like he, I don't think he sees mistakes and choices as the same. I think he thinks that he gets a choice in everything. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> like no matter if he doesn't actually have a choice. Right. He thinks that he has a choice. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's one of the things about letting them do things on their own or being a part of that cooking experience or stuff like that is that they have a chance to make those mistakes in those safe environments where you're there, you know, he's about to cut his finger and you're saying, Oh, let's, you know, curl the fingers. That's how we cut whatever strawberries. Um, and I, I think part of parenting is making sure they have enough of those opportunities when you're there and when it's safe. And again, so that when they're older, they can not only know how to make, good decisions, but also know what to do when they made a wrong decision, mm-hmm. you know, well, how I, to act. I worry sometimes that M has that, like that perfectionist mentality that I have, because I know how hard I've been on myself over things that didn't necessarily, I didn't need to be upset with myself about or so hard on myself. And so I don't want him feeling that way, but I see some of those tendencies in him already. And he'll, you know, make a small mistake and he'll be like, I'm sorry, mama. I accidentally did this thing, you know, whatever it is. And so instead of just being like, oh, geez, why did you like, you messed it up, bud. Being like, it's okay, buddy. We all make mistakes. It's not a big deal. We can fix it. Or we'll just do this. Like trying to show him, yes, acknowledge, maybe you made a mistake, but it's not a big deal. We can fix it here. You know, there's always, cause he sometimes revert, like goes to that dead extreme. Like, no, I'm never going to get to play mm-hmm. now. It's never going to work. Right. And it's like, no, it, we will figure it out. It, you know, you don't have to think that it's the end of the world and everything's ruined because you made a little mistake. And so sometimes watching his reactions and the way that he handles situations is kind of a mirror to myself. I'm like, Oh, I should probably give him a little more grace on those kinds of little things, or I should probably watch how I'm handling things or the words I'm using. Cause man, sometimes when you see yourself coming back (laughs) from your child, it's like, it's a, it's a reality check for sure. So I try to be really aware of 
um, making sure that I'm not creating those expectations of who he is and who he should be and try to really embrace that that's just who he is, not, not put my worries and my feelings and my personality and my interest on him, but let him develop those things that are important to him. Yeah, that can be kind of hard because I almost think like the kids' personalities, obviously they change the same way our character changes, but I wonder sometimes how much of their their worries and their fears and their things that they like and um, hobbies and stuff, even like that, how much is nature versus nurture versus even just things that they've been exposed to um, and experiences that they've had that you can, as a parent, expose them to. So like, for example, I hear E talking to O and I know that she is saying, and it's not even like mimicking, like she's not copying what I'm saying on purpose for the sake of copying it. She's, but she is copying what I'm saying because that's how she has seen me comfort the baby, you Mm -hmm. know, and that kind of stuff. And I think that that extends also to um, things that you feel anxious about, or, I mean, it's, it's, we just finished 2020, right? Like we're in the middle of all this. And I think that that's something that a lot of kids have experienced this year is seeing their parents anxious about things. And I know I've had to try really hard to stay calm. And I know I've snapped at my kids for things. Of course, usually it's because they're like really loud for a really long time. (laughs) But you know, there's, there's just a lot going on. There are a lot of stressors. And, um, and I, I think that that kind of stuff that can just creep up in, in the way that they're acting too. And I don't know that that's like, kids are not anxious. Normally there are, you know, there are kids that are more anxious than others or that feel things more than others, but that's not a natural thing to like be a, be worried about going to school or not going to school outside of like, Oh, I'm the new kid. But you know, like the idea of doing school at home versus like, that's not a thing they worry about versus we, like we do. There have definitely been added um, stressors that, you know, yes, we haven't even experienced before in our lives as adults, but to put that on small children, you know, it's really been, Like they don't have the coping skills that we as adults have. And yet they're still processing through the same stressors, the same traumas, basically. I mean, it has been, it's been a traumatic experience for them to be ripped away from any sort of normal that they, they knew. And um, I remember earlier last year, there were days when M would just be like, mama, I'm sad. I'm just sad. And I don't know why I'm just really sad. And like, that hurts my heart, you know, to be like, well, me too, buddy, you know, (laughs) I mean, and in those moments, all I could do was just be there with him and like, hold him and talk about how he's feeling. And like, you know, it's okay. A lot of things are really different right now. And and it's okay if you're sad, and we'll work through it. And let's, let's find some ways that we can try to be happy together. And let's talk about what we're thankful for that became something that we you know, we started doing a lot um, during our time at home was just like, let's focus on what makes us happy and what we do have and what we're thankful for and not so much the scary unknown stuff. Yeah. I think that's a, 
<laughs> that's kind of a perfect example of where they kind of feed off of our um, feelings about things because I, after O was born, so he was born on April 27th. And for those of you who live in the Midwest, that was like a really bad week <laughs> for COVID here. Um, and I, I mean, it was, that was like the peak of things. Um, in the spring when everything just kind of shut down, but you know, the month before that, and my husband couldn't, he, he's a, um, first responder. He's a necessary, what are they essential Mm -hmm. person. So he couldn't, yeah. So he couldn't not go to work. And so, um, he wasn't home for that two weeks before O was born. Cause we just, if I ended up with it, it was going to be a whole situation at the hospital. So he just didn't, he stayed with his parents. Um, but other than that, other than him being gone, there wasn't a whole lot that changed for my kids. So there was, I already work from home. I've worked from home for five, almost six years now. They, um, he stopped going to kindergarten, but it was, we had just had her out of school anyway to go to Disney world. (laughs) And then, um, it was spring break and then she just never went back, but again, it was kindergarten. So, and she's, like she liked her friends. She loved her teacher, but it, we, we just, it, the, the weather was nice. We played outside. I was super relaxed because I was very pregnant. And so I wasn't like rushing around to do anything because I couldn't go anywhere anyway. Um, we've always, not always, but ever since I, they were doing click lists when L was a baby, I started doing that. So not a whole lot changed for them then. And so they were chill with it. Like they were like, oh, we can't go to the playground. All right. Well, can I ride my scooter then? You know, that's fine. Okay. It wasn't a big thing. We still hiked. We still did all that stuff. But this move has made me feel <laughs> very, um, not even just stressed. Like there's not a word for it. I'm working full time and I don't have any PTO because we live in the United States. And so I had to use all my PTO to have a baby this year. So, <laughs> so I've been doing everything on nights and weekends, passing them from grandparent to grandparent, passing them to you, passing them to <laughs> other friends, like our, our tiny little bubble of two friend households and two grandparent households and just like begging people to take my children so that I can get things done or wearing the baby on my back and cleaning and moving things and driving all over the place. And it's been, I can tell that it is affecting E as much or more than COVID affected other kids that I know, or even more than it affected M because she is on edge. She is, I'm trying to keep consistency, but we also just had Christmas break and so it's been hard and we're moving and now we're living with my parents for right now. We, they're sad about leaving the house. They're sad about leaving their friends, even though we're not like, we're not moving very far. So it is definitely one of those things where my personality is starting to affect their personalities. And I think that going back to like letting them make those choices and learn how to cope with things and learn how to handle their emotions. Um, I, haven't done a great job this last two months, especially with encouraging them to work through things. Um, I've just been like, here, quick, let me do it for you. And, and I see the effect of that. Like I see that they are, they're still learning things, but they're not, 
growing in their independence and their curiosity really more than anything. And it's just kind of interesting and eye-opening really to see that that's the effect that it's having when I'm like, no, let me just do it for you. You know, I have to, we have to do it quick. Let's just do it. Let's just let mommy do it. Like my five, my almost five-year-old wanted me to help him change his clothes the other day. I mean, come on. Like he's been changing his own clothes since I don't know, for like a year. So we've seen a lot of those kind of things this year with M just like, Hey, go put this in your room. Will you come with me? Like, Hey, get ready to take your bath. Well, will you come with me? Can you come with me? Will you, will you do this for me? Um, things that he's very capable of doing. Um, just always wanting someone there with him or even, um, just not so much acting like he can't do it, but just acting like he needs help or he just wants you to be near him, um, and be in the same room. So some, some anxieties and some, like, I don't know, some extra comfort, wanting some extra comfort in, in normal daily life that wasn't there before. Um, because until this year, things have been pretty consistent. Like he knew where he was going every day. He knew what his routine was going to be. He knew who was picking him up. He knew, you know, that, that we were going to have dinner and play and bath and bedtime, like everything to this point in his life, because he is a kid that thrives with structure and routine, all kids do, but some kids more than others. And so, you know, we've made his life as much as possible consistent for that purpose um, because that's, that's what he does best in. And this year has been a lot of like no schedule, no routine, are we going to school? Are we not going to school? Mm-hmm. You know, when, where am I going to be? Who's taking care of me if I'm not at school? Um, just a lot of uncertainties that have been hard for us, but also for him. And so I think knowing his personality, like there are some people I think who would meet him and think there's no way that kid thrives on structure because he's loud and he's all over the place and he's making messes and he's clapping and he's jumping and he's yelling. But I think that you see that more in him when he doesn't feel like he's knows what's going on. And that's just, that's just who he is. And so, you know, as the introvert of our duo, I didn't expect such an extroverted child. <laughs> um, so that's been an adjustment for me in, in the accepting my expectations versus realities. Like he is in a lot of ways like me and how he processes things and how he worries about things and how he thinks about things. But the way he displays those feelings comes out a lot differently. Um, but according to my mom, I was that way when I was little, I was, I was the loud tackle hugger too. So, you know, maybe, maybe (laughs) I've learned coping skills over the years that have changed that. Um, I'm glad you're not a loud tackle hugger now. Yeah, me too. (laughs) That's a lot. And, and maybe it's just because he feels the world in such a big way. Like we've talked about with both our boys that like, the highs are high and the lows are lows. Like the emotions are just big. 
And so while that's a lot to handle sometimes, I also love that about him because Mm -hmm. when he has those happy, exciting moments, he really feels it and enjoys it and like experiences that to its fullest. Um, So yeah, that's, that's taking some getting used to. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting quite a boisterous little guy, but I love him and you know, that it's who he is. and, And I've had to, like we said, adjust our expectations of like what this perfect picture of parenting and motherhood was going to be. It's a lot messier and louder than I thought it was going to be. You know, as an educator, I, I like run this like organized, like lots of procedures and everything has a place and everyone knows their jobs. And, uh, but you know, with my own, that all kind of goes out the window. <laughs> I think that's normal. Yeah, he doesn't quite respond and listen the way that a classroom full of kids does. But well, they say that uh, I don't know who they is, but they say that that kids are the worst, like behaved with their moms because they feel the safest. So I'm just gonna keep assuming that whoever they is is right, <laughs> and that my kids just really feel secure with me. I think <laughs> so. I think that's gotta that be true. Out. I think, I think there's yeah. definitely truth to that. I mean, there, there have been many days where he kind of keeps it together all day at school or at preschool or daycare and then comes home and just falls apart on me. And, you know, it, it's the safe place. It's where he can let down and let all those feelings out that he kept bottled up all day. And, you know, it's hard to be good and be still and do what you're supposed to all day when you're a busy, loud little guy. And, um, you know, mommy's the safe place. So some days that's hard though. Like, cause we're keeping it together all day for work and stuff. And then you want to come home and, and relax and let down a little bit and, and let go of some of that stress, but to still have to like coach the littles through their big feelings when they come home and do the same thing, you know, it can be a <laughs> struggle. Then- and then they go to bed and then your husband wants to talk and hang out. And you're like, oh, man, come on. <laughs> I mean, like I just, five minutes I love of quiet I just, time. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I just want to, I wish in between each thing, my transition from like work to, especially working from home, you know, work to dinner to bath and bedtime to like my own bedtime. I wish there was just like a five minute break in between each thing it seems like husbands get to go to the bathroom and like be by themselves I don't know what that's like uh because even if all three kids were gone we still have a hundred pound lab that's busting through the door yeah (laughs) anyway there's no alone time when you're the mom no I think it's good though that you recognize those things about M that are like you and then those things about his personality that are his own And, uh, I know with E, she's a lot like me in those kind of type A ways. And some of the things that we've talked about, um, whereas with L he, he turns five this month. So he's just really in the last year come out of that toddler. I like, I'm going to do what mom says, but also fight her on like dumb things like you know, sitting in, which in the green chair versus the white chair, you know, that kind of stuff. And he's just now starting to 
um, develop some autonomy and some personality and some opinions about bigger things, um, about like what, like what games you play and where we're going, um, like where we're going to, what we're going to play outside and things like that. And I know that seems small, but those are also those kind of choices that he's, he's learning to make on his own and not just follow what me or what his sister tell him to do. And it's kind of interesting to see him stepping into his own independence a little bit. And he most of the time has done pretty well with the um, calm. No, I don't want to play that right now. I'm going to play this. And it's so cute. He, (laughs) my dad came down the other day and asked if he wanted to come upstairs and I don't know, do something outside or something. And, And he's playing with his superhero toys. He just looks up and so sweetly says, no, thank you. And so that's become, so I, you know, encouraged, I was like, Oh, buddy, that's great. No, thank you. That's so polite. So now I'll be like, Hey buddy, do you want to make your bed real quick before we eat breakfast? And he'll look at me and go, no, thank you. (laughs) So like assert, he's asserting himself. This is not a thing I want to do right now, but mommy said I have to be polite about it. So, um, but he, he's just, it's, it's interesting to see him going through that, um, that change where he's actually thinking through things and thinking long-term about things and, um, developing his own interests. He, um, beyond just playing with toys, like his imagination is insane. He can sit and play for three hours alone, which is just unheard of. I don't know another kid that at his age that can do that. Um, I'm sure there are other kids, but like, that's just new to me is his, his he's complete, completely fine being like just playing by himself. He has a lot of friends. He plays with friends too. But um, so when he, it's just an interesting contrast because I, he's so easygoing about everything else and being the second kid, he's so e- like used to letting E just kind of lead the way that I've started to notice with him making decisions and having opinions on things. I'm trying to remember that he gets a choice too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so making them not just take turns when it comes to TV shows and stuff like that, but actually giving him options to make choices and then also to learn things and to not just have her do it because she's the easy choice. Cause she already knows how to do it. Um, so things like clearing the table and loading the dishwasher, which again, he's going to do wrong, you know, but he's learning that way. Um, Oh, has opinions on things too, but you know, his (laughs) opinions are, I would like milk or milk. So, (laughs) (laughs) so far I'm still in control. Although he did um, yesterday, he crawled around the corner. I was kind of laughing because I was like, there's nothing over there, bud. Just a set of stairs. Well, my eight month old can climb the stairs. It's fine. It'll, it'll be fine. Yep. Didn't, I don't exciting. know where I learned that. Yeah. Perfect timing too. Just moving. It's no big deal. <laughs> em so. gets mad at us because um, our house doesn't have stairs. <laughs> our old house did have stairs, which he only remembers because he's seen videos and of when he was a baby sliding down them on his tummy. He was pretty much a yeah. professional. He was very good at that he would turn around way away from the stairs and then crawl backwards so that he was safe and wouldn't (laughs) fall down and then he would slide down them 
Um, when he would crawl awesome. up just to slide down. But he still, to this day, you know, we've lived in this house almost four years now. And he still tells us regularly that he's mad that we didn't get a house with stairs. That he likes our well, old house better. Sorry, bud. Sorry, bud, that we didn't buy the house of your dreams. <laughs> I've seen all those quarantine videos of people building uh, slides out of boxes on their stairs. So mm-hmm. you're lucky he hasn't seen any of those. Then you'd be real mad. He would be. But you know what's what's new with him like wanting to do things the way he wants to do them. <laughs> His way, everything he questions everything. He he just is Mister Independent and wants to do it. His way. And I know that's, that's, I, you know, letting go of expectations is something I talk about a lot with him because so often, like, he doesn't fit the picture of what I thought my child would be. And not in a bad way. Like, he's, he's challenged me and expanded my thinking and my parenting and, uh, in ways that I never expected. So it's, it's a good thing. He constantly keeps us on our toes, but it's, it, it's not what I expected. And, um, you know, working with kids at school and making these cute crafts and things for their families. I did that when he was little, like I bought this like pretty white blanket that we only used for holidays and I'd drape it over his crib. And he had the cute little outfit with the little props for every holiday, especially the first year, like, you know, my first Valentine's day with the little Valentine's book and his little outfit and my first Halloween. And he'd have a little pumpkin and a little outfit. And like, we did that. Right. And we sent cards and like cute little things to the grandparents, all the grandparents, right. Cause he's got lots <laughs> of grandparents, but you know, the first year or so and the little sticker of like how many months old we did all the things. And Um, I remember one of his, either his first or second Easter, I um, painted his foot and did a cute little footprint for every grandparent and then like turned it into a bunny. And was like, you know, somebody loves you. Happy Easter. (laughs) I did all the things. It was like, I was being the mom. I thought I was going to be with all the cute, cute things. You have more more time on your hands than I do. (laughs) I don't do these things now. But when he was little, he would just sit there and let me paint his foot and I could like stomp out, you know, seven footprints in a row or whatever. And I, I've given up. <laughs> I mean, we still do giving up. We still do the things. Defeat. <laughs> we still do the crafts. I mean, he painted ornaments for all of his grandparents for, uh, for Christmas but I have had to let go of like the Pinterest crafts <laughs> and what, <laughs> what I thought our projects were going to look like for his grandparents and what they are, because they're going to love them no matter what, because they're from him, right? He made it. He signs his name on the back. Cause now we can write our name. I mean, he's been able to write his name for a year or two now, but um, you know, it's his handwriting. It's his, his work. They love it no matter what, because it's from him. But there's no more like cute little somebody loves you. (laughs) Perfect little (laughs) footprints. It's, you know, Christmas ornaments that he paints. And if I think that, you know, Santa's hat should be red and his beard should be white. Well, 
I don't really want to do it that way right now, mom. Or <laughs> if the little like skiing raccoon ornament, like we bought the little wooden ornaments that come with the paint, little paint kits with it. And, you know, I don't care if raccoons are brown. I want to paint him green. Like it's, it's his way, his time always. And I've had to just, okay, it's fine. Does it make me crazy that you refuse to take any suggestions of mine? Sure, sure. Um, my husband today was so sweet in telling me that I'm a little bit like Monica on Friends. <laughs> she let everyone else decorate half the tree and then she decorated the other half. And then when they were done, they turned the, she turned the tree. So you could only see her perfect side. <laughs> And I was like, no, our Christmas tree has all the like weird painted ornaments. And, and if I decorated the tree my way, we would not have the big clump at the bottom of all the ornaments that he hung in the same spot. So I'm not quite Monica, but I am a, a tiny See, bit Monica-esque about some things. In those moments, though, I think about like one day they won't want to decorate the tree. Yeah. And then I'll have a cute tree, I guess, but I'll still miss. I don't know. Right now, yeah, it's they're all in one spot. And it's like the dinosaur and the Elsa ornaments are right at the very front. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is what it looks like right now. And that's fine. And then, like, I hang our first Christmas, like, our glass, you know, crystal ornaments at the very top so that the dog can't knock them down. Right. But that's I, part of uh, – so we could have named this episode, let the kids, it's probably fine if the kids decorate the Christmas tree. That too. That's another expectation. <laughs> we just let it go. Let it go. But you know what? Some of my favorite memories and like home videos um, and pictures we have uh, uh, was M's first Christmas in this house. So he would have been like two and a half and like everything was exciting. The star was, whoa, it's beautiful. You know, the lights were beautiful. Like, let's get out the ornaments. That's enough lights, guys, because we can get out the ornaments. I can't get the ornaments out until we get the lights on. That's enough, guys. That's enough. He was ready to get the ornaments out. We had enough lights. So I know that we will look back on those things as like, oh, man, I, I, I miss when um, when they did those things, like those, those are the memories we're making memories, even though sometimes it's like, ah, do you have to put them all in the same spot? But, um, <laughs> my dad was teasing my stepmom recently because they are now empty nesters and they still have the old covered in kids ornaments tree. Cause he's like, we're not getting rid of that. We're, we, we are keeping the kids tree. Like that's still got all the family ornaments, the macaroni yeah. ornaments. That, you know, oh, no. My school. rule is if it has food on it, it goes in the trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Like CD. Somebody oh. used a CD and like oh, put yeah. glitter on it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that, yeah, that still this. stays, but in the front window where the, everyone can see from the street is the nice new tree with the matching ornaments and the white lights <laughs> and like, like the very grown up tree. But, um, but, you know, maybe one day we'll have those trees too, but, but there's something about having that, that kid's tree with all the clumped up Elsa and dinosaur and Paw Patrol <laughs> ornaments right there in the yeah. front on the bottom too. 
So even though those things make life messy and don't live up to our expectations of, of the perfect moms we thought that we might be, uh, it doesn't really matter. It's probably fine if the kids mix the Play-Doh because those are the moments that really make motherhood memorable. Those are the moments that we remember. There's the, the clumps of ornaments on the tree and the mixed up Play-Doh that makes us cringe <laughs> and, and the ornaments that they insisted on painting whatever which way they decided to and the pictures of them wearing the mismatched outfits and all those things um, as much as it doesn't fit our picture perfect image it's probably fine because at the end of the day those things don't matter yeah at the end of the day what really does matter is the time that we spend together and the lessons that we're all learning from each other and the way that we're all growing together as a family so It is probably fine if the kids mix the Play-Doh. 